0: Performance models, handmade miniature wooden sailing vessels, on the web at flamingfish.net, little ships for big kids. Support for Boat Talk also comes from Front Street Shipyard, a mid-coast main boat building, repair and storage facility located in Belfast. Front Street Shipyard on Penobscot Bay, offering dockage, service and amenities for owners, captains and crew. Online at frontstreetshipyard.com or 930-3740.
1: The time's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERUFM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Boat Talk with your hosts, Alan Sprague and Mike Joyce, is up next.
2: some home
0: to Good morning, good morning. It's 10 o'clock, second Tuesday of the month here at WERU. That brings around Boat Talk, a call-in radio show for people contemplating things naval with your rusty anchors, Mike Joyce and Alan Spray. It's one hour of a nautical, who knows what direction we're going to take kind of conversation, and you're certainly welcome to... Help that direction along too. Uh, it's a call-in show. The number is one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. And I have this little quick notice from the sturgeon general that says, yes. "Warning: If you smoke too much fish, you may lose your herring." The sturgeon is the punny one. Splish or splash, uh, not
3: as funny as quicker or quack, but you know boat talk. And we got a couple we flounder of flounder
0: as best we can.
3: Oh, wicked! We got a couple of uh, things in the news this morning, and a bunch of people to talk to. We'll see if we can get through it all. Yeah, and again, we
0: talk fast.
3: Interrupt about whatever we in uh, doing anyway to uh, answer the phone. If you were to call uh, the number here, one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight boat talk, and. Uh, Oh, Alan got to go for a boat ride yesterday. Um, uh, wicked good delivery, best uh, best kind of delivery really. Uh, well, uh, what a great day, yeah. Oh, and a uh, and a stunning day too. Um uh Stanley thirty six uh power boat from uh oh. Soam Sound, Jock Williams over to Castine. One of know? those
0: boats you just point where you want to go and oh,
3: twelve knots, get her going, uh you know, nice sandwiches and, and uh uh, a couple-hour trip uh, around the corner there, and, and uh, Casco Passage, Eggmog, and Reach. It mm-hmm. was freezing out around the end of MDI. I had to go running for the extra clothes. I mean, really, really cold. Huh. And, uh, of course, then it got warmer. Later, we get up to Eggmog Reach. But, you know, uh, what a beautiful day for a boat ride, and,
0: and uh, what a beautiful place to ride around. Speaking of which, the Boat Talk Cruise. The Boat Talk Cruise, that's right. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, June 21st out of Northeast Harbor. On board the Sea Princess, designed by our own Giffy Full. I had to. Uh, I spoke with Giffy yesterday. Actually, he said to extend his apologies, but he is too busy to make it here today. But he's going to really try hard to make it for the July show. Giffy is uh, is of uh, course of a uh,
3: you know uh, retirement age. Let's put it kind of it that way. Way past that, but of course he's uh, a world expert at what he does and and. Yeah. You
0: know, it's no he, way to stop doing that.
3: He may be nominally retired, but uh, yeah.
0: he's a busy boy. Yeah, no,
3: he is one of the world's uh, most knowledgeable boat surveyors. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So uh, we miss him here. But anyway, uh, the boat talk crews on Northeast Harbor uh, will come out of Northeast Harbor and go up Soam Sound, as we were just speaking of, and yeah. and tool around. It is a uh, potluck. The boat's always uh, uh, sold out, and it's also, as I've been pointing out to a couple people, it's weatherproof and it's. Uh, you know, it's just a good time. It it's, is a uh, good time.
0: I already checked. There are 29 seats sold already, and the boat holds about 50. So yeah, that,
3: that leaves about half still, so a, little, a, little a good chance to go for a boat ride. That would be on the uh, longest night of the year, too, isn't it? its right. Last sunset. It's first night of summer, anyway, uh, June 21st, uh, Saturday night out of Northeast Harbor. And uh, three-hour cruise, but a good time. Yeah. Have yeah. you thought
0: about what you're gonna make for this show?
3: Um Jeez Alan, I only know like one good trick yeah, or so. You're and quiche. <laughs> why would I, you know geez, why would I stretch and learn a new track?
0: I lucked out. Um my wife said she's gonna make some chocolate for this one. So nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. I actually thought
3: about uh, you know, but what like say good trick keeps working uh boat talk cruise again give us a call here at the radio station it is a uh, benefit fundraiser uh we thank the sea princess people they uh generally see, donate us the boat sea
0: com. Uh, yeah
3: and uh wonderful smooth ride uh covered uh like say great uh couple acre uh engine box there to put all the food on and and uh just good company, good people. I Do love boat, the good way good the time. boat just yeah. slips
0: through the water so easily, too. It's a, it's a great boat.
3: Yeah, uh, six, uh, I'm sorry, 469-6600 is the office number here at WERU. And uh, Chris will make the reservations for you. We'd love to see you down there at Northeast Harbor, June 21st, Saturday
0: yeah. night. $20 a person, Twelve children under 12 free. Yeah. All right. Um, what's next? Eels. Oh, uh, we
3: covered the eel season a little bit. It's now the second largest fishery after uh, lobsters, you know. And, uh, but this year it was kind of funny. Last year it was about $33 million for about 1,000 fishermen. And this year, um, not so much money in it. Um, and a uh, kind of a strange little story in that uh, some of the fellas, especially in, in the mid-coast Maine area, never saw more eels faster and, and caught their quotas within uh, two days. But at the same time, they caught this quota so fast, the price was down. Hmm. And instead of getting $1,800 a pound, they're getting more like $450 a pound. Wow, that's quite a change. Yes, and uh, other people uh, to the eastward here uh, didn't fulfill their quota. They maybe got $750 a pound. So uh, catches were up and down, and uh, the price was off. Price was off because uh, supply doesn't just come from Maine, like them beautiful lobsters they're getting uh, this year. The whole thing was influenced by supply from the Dominican Republic, Haiti, and Mozambique, among other places, all reporting strong elver sales. Uh, so interesting. Also, a uh, little bit of uh, uh, you know trying to get the fishery to run clean and, and uh, straight, and uh, violations were surprisingly down this year, although the feds were prowling around in Ellsworth, uh, busting people possibly for interstate transport of them little wigglers so, yeah
0: huh. so anyhow it's a mixed story this year yeah all right um we ready to go to the main island trail go right at it okay um you and i are both familiar with the main island trails so they're um a group centered uh, down in portland but the island trail begins around brook boothby i believe and goes from island to island all the way down east and it's a Interesting trail that's a, it's a water trail it's a water trail, uh, yep, you can go to it with a kayak or even a canoe, I suppose, or a small power boat and land on these islands and camp or take a day hike and then go on further down the trail it's a It's a great association, and um, we have Maria Jennis from Main Island Trail on the phone right now, and they're going to be doing a couple cleanups in the area. Good morning, Maria.
1: Hi there.
0: Welcome to Boat Talk. Thanks. Um, let's get right to, um, well, for, uh, I gave a brief description of Maine Island Trail. I don't know if you heard that or not, but uh, why don't you briefly say what your organization does.
1: Sure. Um, so we're a recreational water trail. We have over 200 sites along the entire coast of Maine that are part of the trail and available therefore for day use or overnight use by any sort of small boaters, whether it be kayakers, power boaters, or sailors. Uh, we do a lot of uh, stewardship events, such as the island cleanups that you just mentioned, which we have a couple coming up. We're right in the midst of our island cleanup season, actually.
0: Okay, let's go right to that.
1: Yeah. Um, so we run some large island cleanups uh, basically every Saturday in June and September. Uh, we have a couple coming up in area of your uh, listenership. Uh, this Saturday, we're doing a cleanup in the Deer Isle, Stonington area, and then the following Saturday on the 21st, uh, it's a large kind of cooperative effort this group called clean water clean shores so it's a partnership with numerous organizations uh, in the mdi area so we're running an island cleanup out of bernard
3: focused mostly on on
4: beaches maria
1: yep so it's uh focused on some of the offshore islands doing shoreline cleanups uh, marine debris so the stuff that we find out there is not stuff that's left behind by visitors but the Debris that washes up on shore, so,
3: this, lots of uh, plastic
1: bottles and foam and that
3: sort of stuff. Yeah, recently in the news, uh, it's uh, how hard it is to find something lost in the ocean and all the stuff that is floating out there. What do you? What do you find? Anything interesting? Uh, and anything uh, depressingly over and over again?
1: Yeah, but all of the above. Um, <laughs> you know, there's you never know exactly what you're going to find. There's always kind of some interesting items for any given cleanup, but it's a sort of debris that we find on a regular basis we find a lot of plastic bottles water bottles other drinks uh, styrofoam cups foam blocks um various debris off of fishing gear uh that sort of thing the little trap tags or um Mm.
3: you know what i really uh dislike intensely and i see them offshore a lot maria is those mylar balloons
5: Mhm.
3: let go from a birthday party or some such, you know, yep. and they've flown away and and uh again, they got to come down somewhere.
1: Yeah, we actually we were in a we had a sh- mainland shoreline shoreline cleanup in southern Maine earlier this spring and we found some balloons that uh, had come all the way from New Jersey based on the uh, the location that was printed on them. Now we don't know if they floated all that way or if someone purchased them in New Jersey and let them off here, but mm. that is one of the uh the unfortunate items
3: that we find and a great example of how it's all connected uh, somebody was saying that rubber duckies lost in the pacific ocean went through the northwest passage and ended up on this side of, of north america yeah. i find that
0: hard to believe but i uh, <laughs> read it so you know yeah um your your cleanup is uh you find interesting things did anybody ever find any amber grease
1: not to my knowledge.
0: Yeah, that would be a, a, a real plus for, the, for your funding.
3: Yeah, we're, we've, asked, we've asked about trash. How about treasure? we find some treasure? Any kind of
1: treasure? Oh, there's always, you know, something that someone might think is treasure. But uh, <laughs> most of it, unfortunately, is, you know, not too salvageable. Yeah. Um, we have been starting a program where we've been working with some local harbor masters and um, Maine Marine Patrol so one thing we don't generally clean up on these marine debris cleanups is the uh, the fishing gear. Uh, you probably know that's all private property, so we can't remove that. But we've been working to get permission to bring the salvageable buoys back and return them to the local fishermen, so finding drop-off sites where they can collect them. Mm-hmm. So I think to the fishermen, those could be considered treasure, the buoys that they had lost that they now can reuse. Yeah,
0: well, you can drag the traps up above the high water mark, I believe, and not get into trouble. <laughs> Just to get them out of the potentially going back into the water. Right, right. Um, oh, I lost my thought that you uh, you have some boats for sale too as part of your funding.
1: We do absolutely. So we have a boat donation program at MITO where uh, folks can donate boats and then we'll sell them and uh, get the proceeds. So we currently have two skin-on-frame kayaks, so kind of traditional Greenland style kayaks that were made by students outward bound um kind of under supervision of folks who've made lots of those boats they're beautiful beautiful condition i think they've only been paddled twice and stored indoors uh, and then we also have a friendship sloop for sale as well
3: Ooh. no kidding a wooden one or glass
1: um let me see if i can take a look at it it's a wooden boat
3: yeah cool yeah, yeah cool Now, Maria, if I got a, uh, let's say I got a kayak and, uh, you know, I'm looking for a little moderate uh, exertion to get myself off to an island name, you know, uh, where could I go?
1: Oh, well, it depends on where you're going from. Um, A great way to find out. So one thing I didn't mention about the Main Island Trail, uh, we're a membership-based organization. And if you become a member, you get our um trail guide which has information about over 200 sites so, and it's broken down by region so you can take a look at where you want to go and what islands are available in that area
3: and some of them closer than others to other places including you know where you could launch from
1: yeah exactly yeah. there's information about launch sites and you know you can see um you know which islands are closer in you can see where you can camp where you can just go for a picnic um that fires, that sort
3: of thing. And we're not talking much in the way of any kind of facilities, but uh, places where we're camping and and again, uh, you know, hanging out is loud.
1: Yeah, they're pretty primitive, you know, wild sites. But it's it's really neat to be able to go, you know, go ashore and have this wilderness experience and mm-hmm. all kind of first come first serve basis.
0: You know. Now back to the cleanups. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people in this area listening to this show. I have boats and if they were um inclined to uh, help you out for the the cleanups uh, how would they be
1: able to do that absolutely we would love to have some more help um for any of the cleanups and uh what they can do is contact me to sign up or get more information Uh, my phone number is 761-8225 they can also email stewards at mita.org but uh, the cleanup on the twenty-first, there is. If there are any kayakers out there listening, um, there will be a group of experienced sea kayakers going out. So if you've got your own equipment, and uh, it'll be kind of a, a full day heading out first thing in the morning at eight a.m., and they'll be joining in the cleanup. So they'll head out to the islands, and then we have some skiffs that'll be going out later and bringing out cleanup crews. Uh, so the paddlers will help um, if there are any. Power boaters with bigger boats would like to come and help haul trash back. Uh, we'd be happy to have them along as well. So again, I definitely encourage anyone interested in getting involved to uh, give me a call or send me an email. Not
3: just lending a helping hand, kind of having
0: an adventure.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, very good, Maria. Thank you for uh, talking with us on Boat Talk, and uh, good luck with the cleanup and. Why don't you give the uh, contact just one more quick
1: time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My phone number is uh, 761-8225. That's the phone number here at the Main Island Trail Association. And my email address is stewards at MITA.org. And thanks for having me on the show. Good
3: morning, Maria. Good morning, Maria. We are doing Boat Talk this morning, and we talk about a lot of things. Any any, uh, contemplate anything naval, as as we like to say. And... uh, we got a couple people lined up to talk to but the number here also is 18666259378 it is uh the boat season right now where everybody is kind of saying the same thing it's it's uh lots to do yep you know and uh Apparently, short time to get it done, but it's not still not quite summer yet. We have to. Uh, it is actually still early out on the water.
0: You no, know, as you said, it was pretty yeah. cold just yesterday. One, of the yeah. temperature most places was eighty degrees, and you were chilly.
3: Yeah, and again, have to remember it's not actually summer yet, and it is uh, you know a demanding environment at the best of times. Yeah, Definitely don't want to go yeah. overboard.
0: Yeah. So anyhow, so um, what do you do with your old lobster shells, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> Used to living right down
3: on the saltwater shore, I used to get in the dinghy and roam out, uh, you know, out by the moor and and uh, recycle, recycle them. Recycle them, right? You know,
0: fish food. Yes,
3: used to. It's more of a problem when when you live
0: uh, inland. Uh, yes. What to
3: do with the stinky things? Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I ran across the, a fella that lives down on Mount Desert Island by the name of uh, Mickey Chateau, who uh, his you've probably seen those. Um, You've probably seen those those counters that are made from recycled glass that are uh, sanded smooth. Okay. Yep. You, well, rather than using recycled glass, Mickey is using uh, ground-up lobster shells or mussel shells or uh, abalone, mother of pearl in these uh, things. So recycling uh, what would otherwise be marine waste, basically, into these uh, tiles and doorknobs coasters, that sort of stuff. And I was hoping we'd be able to talk with Mickey, but he doesn't seem to be answering the phone. So I think we'll... Maybe uh, shaking her head in there, isn't she? Yep, yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, he doesn't seem to be answering. maybe we'll get him a little bit later and talk with him. But anyway, his website, for anybody who'd like to check it out, is Tile. It's S-E-A, Echocetile.com.
3: I like to cook, and, uh, but the first time I saw anybody take uh, shrimp, Shells and lobster shells and puree them up to make a. Uh, you know that uh, that blew me away because like again raw raw yeah because again that's the waste but uh, you know and what do you do with the things uh, is the interesting part um, and they're made out of what uh, uh, chitin uh, you know the shell has mm-hmm. a, you know. You need some bulk, yeah. Is what I'm saying. I was just working with some virgin white plastic, uh, assembling, uh, you know, rocking chairs the other day, and and thing. You need some bulk. <laughs> There's a lot of material in there. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, filler. filler, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, if it's waste at the same time, and uh, something cool like, uh, you know, nautically uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen
0: some pictures on the website too. It's pretty. Uh Want to see
3: some it. and going to have to sniff them probably, but, you know.
0: <laughs> no, they're totally encapsulated. I imagine. So, yeah. Um, both you and I uh, started at the Hinckley Company, the Hinckley School of Boat Building, as it were, uh, many years ago, back when um, either you got a recommendation from one of the carpenters who was working there, or you had to sort of... Talk your way into yeah, the job. I talk but, my way in. Yeah, yeah. Um, now Eastern Maine Medical or Eastern Maine, excuse me, Eastern Maine Community College has teamed up with the Hinckley Company to um, make a, a program where graduates from their um, their what is it, the fine woodworking and cabinet making majors at EMCC um, can get a job right straight at Hinckley's, which is a good for the economy and, uh, boy, it sure is different than the way you and I started into the boat building business.
3: Well, it's a mildly different narrative than the general story nowadays, too, that you could go to this, uh, you know, in effect, uh, learn a trade and directly get a good paying job with, with, uh, you know, yeah. Nicely set up uh, benefits and a strong, secure company that's uh, selling those, especially the jet boats. Like they're going
0: out of style. I got right. to look yeah, That's over. where they're putting the jobs. Yes. Yeah. Um, the way I found out about this uh, this information is, uh, Boat Talk listener Tim Fortune uh, sent us an email and said that uh, he was going through a a national woodworking magazine and there was the article about Hinckley's in this national magazine. No, I didn't realize either. So he uh, he gave us an email, and I I've, we've called him up, and they are going to talk a little bit with Tim about the the core the uh, the teaming up between EMCC and Hinkley Company. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Welcome to Boat uh, Talk.
5: Thank you very much. I was amazed to find this in a national ma- magazine I read um, called Woodshop News, and um, yes. EMCC has teamed up with um, Hinckley and um, they started a concentration of woodworking and cabinet making um, through their building construction program, um, a two-year program. They did it with a grant from the U.S. Department of Labor, Employment and Training Administration. Um, they Um, pretty much guarantee a job for their graduates um, at Hinkley in Trenton um, who has 20 or 30 positions they would like to fill immediately, it says. Um, Pretty amazing to me that uh, people can get a job that well out of, right out of school. Um, So I thought this was Pretty good news for the local uh, community. Um, It says the community college has partnered with Hinkley to uh, begin the fine woodworking and cabinet-making concentration uh, in anticipating industry growth and um, hoping to help the graduates and build the company at the same time. Pretty amazing stuff.
3: Kind of good news, and, uh, you know, I'm trying not to attach any irony to the fact that the art market is is good at the present time when, uh, again, uh, lots of other things mm-hmm. seem to be struggling a little bit, but uh, we'll take it wherever we can get it, and again, good jobs, and if you can fit two pieces of wood together around a boat, you can do a lot of other stuff, too, so uh, just, again, good background uh,
0: training for anybody.
5: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, Tim, you're a woodworker, too, right?
5: Yes, I am only I do woodworking on the other wooden things we live in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I read this, and um i um, I've been working wood. I probably started the same way you guys did by sweeping the floor and um but now there's this uh great pro program for anybody that wants to get a start now.
3: We're doing boat talk this morning, Tim, but uh, how's the house uh, house uh, business end of things?
5: Um, I've been doing it for quite a long time, but um, I have all the work that I can do, and it seems to me that um, most other people I speak with are about in the same boat, no pun intended. <laughs> That's what I um, hear,
3: too, and and again, uh, you know, let's put people to work and... and build some stuff at the same time. I always like to think Tim we're not just uh uh you know taking up space and stuff but leaving the place better we build and fix things, you know. Yep.
5: Yeah. And um many times at the end of the day we have a we have a fine thing to show for 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 our day's work.
3: And something and will last um, for a long time, uh, yeah. uh sometimes yep. after, you know. So anyway, good good honest uh uh like say work is what I'm saying. Uh, yes, that's right. Excellent. Eastern yep. Maine Community College, uh, how many people they have in, a, in their woodworking program?
5: This says right now that, um, uh, let's see, where are we here? The um, Of the 14 students in the class, nine have applied to Hinckley and the general manager, Andy Fitzpatrick, of the Maine operations at Hinkley, because he expects a high percentage of those students to be offered full time positions. Um, basically, it sounds like if you apply for a job, you'll probably get it.
3: Cool. And um, I call it the jet factory down there uh, near the, the airport in Trenton. And again, yep. uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, it's good to talk to you this morning, Tim. What are you working at today?
5: I'm building screen panels in my shop today for a screen porch i've built on a waterfront home um and it's uh it's great work when you can get it
3: i just Um, made a run of a dozen screen panels for an old farmhouse porch and and there's a surprising amount of work in a in a frame that's all whole isn't there
5: well it's pretty amazing yeah the uh it doesn't it may not look look like much when you're done but when uh, they all have to fit into a hole that's a little bit different size and shed water and last for a long
0: time, yeah, yeah,
3: they, and keep the bugs really out and, and paint every corner a couple of times, and it's amazing. Yeah. Like I said, good work, uh, good, nice talk to you this morning, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: you're welcome. Yeah, you know, thank Love you. Love
5: your show, guys. Thanks uh, a lot.
3: Sure. <laughs>
0: One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. It's that easy to talk on boat. Talk. It's the
3: community radio, uh, WERU community radio, in Down East Maine. That's why we can uh, just sit around and, and uh, do a thing like boat talk, uh, you know. And uh, we will take uh, again uh, calls from about anybody who's brave enough to call in at any time. We will interrupt what we're doing. Uh, boat talk doesn't have a schedule or a format. Uh, too much like. Uh, uh some other people. So anyway, one eight six six
0: six two five nine three seven eight. We're about halfway through it this morning. Um speaking of the boat talk cruises we were earlier, um I just discovered or read that um there have there's um gas pockets, I guess we'll call it, in some Sound that we're gonna be uh, cruising over on the twenty first. You have you heard about that? You're telling me some sound farts. Yep. Yeah, Mother Nature does the do that too.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm not sure how I would
0: be aware of it. Uh, you know, well, they can see the, the smell marks. like
3: rotten eggs, or oh, un- well, you know, I don't go down there. Underwater is a big mystery on the to me, but sonar. Yeah,
0: but um, uh, we have Mickey Mickey Chateau back on the phone from Echo Sea Tiles. So let's go back to that subject. Good morning, Mickey.
3: Good
2: morning. How are you?
0: Welcome to Boat Talk.
2: Thank you very much.
3: Mickey, we mentioned your tiles there. Uh, tell us how you make them. Uh,
2: basically, uh, what we do is we take a variety of different kinds of recycled materials and uh, combine them with an epoxy in various molds and uh, basically uh, basically cast our tiles. The, uh, the shells we use uh, vary from... Uh, Lobster, mussel, oyster, clam, and a number of others, and some combinations. We also do uh, use scrap metal for this as well. So we do uh, um, copper, brass, aluminum as
3: well. Hmm. Tiles, people think of, um, uh, you know, fired tiles, but these uh, these are uh, cast in epoxy, you say?
2: Yes, they're cast in epoxy. Uh, they're basically cast at room temperature, and... Um, you know it's 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 basically in keeping with our a uh, basic theme of trying to be uh you know fairly green in terms of our manufacturing processes and uh and uh, everything that we do that that can be made green.
3: do they reflect what's in them in any way can you can you tell what's in them by looking at them?
2: uh yes and no um I, <laughs> you know, I,
3: and how do you decorate them? You know.
2: And how how do you decorate them? What, what do you mean by decorating
3: oh, them? How, what what uh, styles do you offer for a tile?
2: Oh, well, I mean, we offer, you know, basic basic uh, uh, tile shapes in terms of, uh, you know, 1x4, 2x6 subways, uh, 2x2s, and, and a few other sizes as well. Um, in terms of, quote, decorating them, uh, they are their own decoration. Um, the... Um, the shells actually come through in a incredibly vibrant way. Uh, it really, um, it really brings out the natural colors in these things. Um, uh, you know, I'm always amazed. <laughs> you know, especially when I try something new and I, you know, uh, I, I, I flip it over and take a look at it after it's been cast. It's like, wow!
0: Yeah, It's Christmas it's, morning uh, every day, huh? It's yeah. Like,
2: well, you know, it, it's funny. The, uh, the, the scrap metal, for example, is a good. good uh, through the illustration, um, you know, uh, we basically make these, uh, we share a plant with actually a company that does injection molding. And the, the, the basis for that is that they actually have made a bunch of our molds. So um, we've got a relationship with them, and, uh, and we've, uh, we've fostered that over the years. But, you know, for a number of years, I was walking by these bins of aluminum shavings uh, from the, uh, the CNC machines that they have. And then one day I said, "You know, geez, maybe I should try this." I, I took a cup of this stuff, literally just grabbed a cup of it, and uh, and uh, you know cast a few tiles at it and uh, a few tiles, and turned them over the next day and looked at it and It's like, wow, this is pretty cool. I can't believe I've been walking by this stuff <laughs> for you know for for years now and, and stuff like So there's there's a lot of natural beauty in some fairly commonplace materials. I guess that's that's what be the you know the, the thing that i would have i mean mussel shells are, are gorgeous in the in the tiles and we do various combinations of uh, mussel and lobster mussel and mother of pearl um uh, mussel and abalone and uh you know they really they really show up very nicely
0: well a lot of those things you just mentioned would be otherwise just waste going into a landfill i think it's good that you're uh um, reusing them how do you acquire a lot of uh,
3: clean, clean shell <laughs> well I
2: had to make a decision early on if um, if I was better at making product or if I was better at cleaning and crushing shells and after thinking about that long and hard for about a tenth of a second I decided you know I'm much better at making product than I am at cleaning shells.
3: So because cleaning is a big yeah. word here
2: <laughs> I actually get most of my uh, my shells from, from different sources. Uh, most of the shells I get are clean, crushed, and sized when I get them. Nice. So uh, you, you wouldn't know that these things actually exist and that anybody's actually doing anything with them. But, for example, lobster is a good example. Um, the lobster shells I get, you know, most of the lobster shells that that are processed for use are, are used for, like, fertilizer and compost. And some are used for some for chemical extraction as well. Um, you know, me using them in, in tiles is something totally different, and it's, uh, in many respects, a kind of a, a higher use of the material than uh, you know than just kind of throwing it in a garden type thing. So um, it's a uh, you know it, it's just kind of an interesting aspect in terms of trying to make use of these materials. Hmm.
0: Pretty interesting. You should uh, work on making a use for the green crabs. We have so many of them. I'd like to get rid of those.
2: Well, you know, if I found somebody who was actually, you know, willing to process them and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, crunch them up and stuff, if I could get examples of that, I would. And I actually am actually, I do have a lead on getting some crabs, believe it or not. Um, One of the things I'd love to get is, you know, I mean, I, I do shells. A lot of domestic shells, a lot of shells from the from the northeast here, but I do you know shells from other places as well. And one of the things I'd love to get my hand on are some New Zealand mussel shells. Those things are gorgeous. So, anyway,
3: <laughs> how can people check out your stuff, Mickey?
2: Um, they can go to our website. It's um, www.ecostyle.eco, E C O C like the c, s e a, tile. And uh, do that and uh, we also have a there's a small there's a short video of us on YouTube uh, that shows kind of a little bit the process that we used to make the tiles and if you look up uh, eco tile on YouTube you you could come across the video pretty quickly. It's about an eight- minute video
3: where are you physically
2: um right now I'm in somesville just uh, not too far from what you were talking about yep. somestone there <laughs> um, our uh, plant is actually located in Kennebunk. Hmm. And uh, so we do most of our, uh, almost all of our manufacturing is down in Kennebunk. The the R&D here is in my basement uh, in (laughs)
3: Dunn'sville. Proper thing, yeah. All right, well, uh, geez, uh, good talking to you, Mickey, uh, this morning. Thank you.
0: One thing that occurred to me, Mickey, is um, if I were building a boat, I think it would be interesting to use that, um, maybe especially lobsters or or mussels, for a countertop Small
2: boat. Actually, there's boat a there's a number of uses, potentially, in a boat. I mean, first of Cast all... Cast resin you know, with
3: a filler, that's a plastic boat right there, you know?
2: Yeah, I know, I know. You guys use a lot of stuff. the stuff. The stuff that I use is, is very similar to the stuff they use for bar tops and tables. So it it's, it is well adapted for tables and things. I've done tables out of it, uh, uh, collaborating with some woodworkers. Um, you know, I've talked to people about doing counters. I mean, I haven't done any counters, but we could definitely... Uh, work with a fabricator on the counters. But the, the things that also would be good on a boat are the the, the knobs. We have we have uh, drawer knobs that we do, mm-hmm. we have switch covers that we do. And certainly the tiles for backsplashes and stuff like that would be very nice as well. And they're great accent tiles. That's the other thing I would say is um, you know, don't go, go buy your, your regular fired tiles and then, you know, basically insert some of these as, as accents. Uh you know, very much the mariner theme very good
0: well thank you very much Mickey that's very interesting and uh, I think we'll probably be uh, hearing more from you in the future when you when this business expands and uh, I think it's a good okay, thing
2: listen thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with you and uh you know we'll welcome any inquiry thank okay. you very
0: much thank you for recycling one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight is the number in the boat talk. We're having lots of fun on the on the phone today, Mike. Not getting too much of a ourselves. That's probably a good thing. Oh, uh, absolutely. We'd rather talk
3: to people than uh, uh, talk. Adam, Amy has uh, got her head down, and the lights are flashing. Hard to tell what's going on in there, but we do uh, also help, hoping to talk to Havel Hawkins this morning oh, from right. uh, Vila. Um, about the uh, Windward Passage uh, program that they take kids out and uh, on sailing uh, adventures, and uh, we're going to talk to uh, uh, Havel about not only the uh, Windward Passage program, but uh, he is underneath the boat. Uh, you know, working oh, on it. Oh,
0: yes, this time of the year, isn't yeah. it?
3: Yeah. And again, it says the same thing as everybody else that uh, boy, there's just everything to do all of a sudden and, and uh, you know, not enough time. And, and uh, it's hard because uh, you can't do uh, several things simultaneously sometimes on a boat. Uh, you know, things have to be separated and you've got to wait a day for yeah, things to dry. In certain and, order, uh, you
0: have to do things. Yes,
3: there is. And uh, some things just cannot be rushed. And if they are, you'll, you know, you punish yourself. Uh, you know, in all the other ways, the boat's not punishing you in the first place. Yeah. But, but uh, here's something I uh, got a good laugh with somebody the other day is uh, one of the other things is to uh, not turn it into a science project and get it in the water and go for a boat ride. Uh, yeah,
0: it's yeah. pretty easy to overthink something. But we do have Hattie on the phone. Good morning, Havala. Hey,
4: good morning,
3: boys. Havala in the shop this morning.
4: Well, well, I came in out of the shop to get at the phone. Yeah, <laughs> and
3: uh, uh, tell us about uh, Vila. You uh, designed and built it.
4: Yeah, yeah, I designed and I helped build it. I don't like to say I built it because I didn't put all the nails in, but we, I built it with the help of the wooden boat company down in Camden, Twig Power, in uh, 1996. We launched it then.
3: And she's pretty, uh, she's about a 50-foot, uh, traditional, uh, hauled, uh, sloop rigged uh, wooden vessel, uh, requires some maintenance and, uh, uh, you know, choring to get it, uh, fit to go in the water. Where is it, where is it live in the wintertime?
4: I was actually at Front Street this last winter, uh, tied up to the dock. They've got a marina that stays in all winter and it's got a beautiful spot to tie up, you know, so she's in the water covered with a, you know, keep some of the snow off her and you can walk down aboard. It doesn't feel quite as lonely as being out in the middle of the harbor with the ice all running by her. So it worked out pretty
3: good. And for a big old wooden boat, too, it keeps it all moist and and uh, swelled up as opposed to uh, this is the season where the wooden boats that are, that are uh, stored ashore are all shrunk up as small as they get. And uh, they leak when you, when you first launch them or you've got to soak them. Uh, in the shop and stuff and again leaves other layers of complication and you can't uh, work with a hose and a paintbrush at the same time and, yeah
4: <laughs> yeah we uh, she hasn't been out of the water over the winter now for I don't remember 4 or 5 years anyway probably so she's she's pretty tight she doesn't leak at all in the winter time mm-hmm. a little bit when I sail her but for the most part she's pretty tight
3: nice and uh, you wife Beverly and you do the maintenance and, and uh, taking care of her
4: yeah, I'm kind of out on my own right now. My wife teaches school. She doesn't get out till two days before we sail. and She's actually going with me this year, which is pretty exciting. She hasn't been on the boat for a while. We sailed 11 years together down in Martha's Vineyard doing day trips out of there, four two-hour trips a day, just the two of us. And we had two kids aboard that started out at four and six. <laughs> but they're all off out of school and living somewhere else now, so we got kind of freed up to... <laughs> Work together on the boat again. I can't wait in a while. Speaking <laughs> of young
3: sailors, I mean that's how you grew up too.
4: Yeah, I was, <laughs> didn't have much choice. My probably had a boat way before I was born, and uh, and I was raised in it. So I'm quite fortunate to do that. I'm afraid I'm <laughs> I don't know who's going to last longer, me or the boat?
3: Probably the boat. And well, that <laughs> was the old, old the old Mary Day, wasn't
4: it? Yeah. Well, the Stephen Tabor, the Mary Day, the Alice Wentworth, yeah. a bunch of boats. He had her. He, he started out with the big vessels in '49.
3: Yeah, your dad was one of the early, uh, you know, people uh, pioneering that industry. Sure,
4: sure. But this thing with the kids is a whole lot of fun. I, I think we've really found our place on the planet now with the kids. See we, um, I, I, Pam, Pam Scott is the one, lady who runs uh, Windward Passage, and it's a very small nonprofit. I. Just sail the boat and take care of the kids. She does all of the fundraising. Does and all the, and all she does
3: all the. She does all the. Yes, she does. As a matter <laughs> she does of fact, work she, she works hard at it. She's good at it too. Yeah,
4: yeah, she is. So we we owe our program to her. But it's quite a symbiotic relationship. We wound up up here with a boat and no program, and kind of starving to death. And she had a program and a boat that, or a series of boats that sort of fell through. The biggest one being the boat, and she went off into the Arctic one summer and. Uh, Pam was stuck without a boat, so we slid into that position. We've been with Pam now for, uh, I think we're going on seven years. I can't really remember. But
3: Describe the Windward Passage uh, experience, if you will.
4: We uh, take kids. We try to have a diversity of kids. Uh, they're from 12 to 18. And we don't turn kids away. We do a lot of work with DHHS. Uh, foster kids, that kind of thing. We also have scholarship programs for other kids. So it's not really whether you can pay or not that dictates whether you can go. We like to try to take two sort of, I don't want to call them freebies, but kids that can't afford anything like the DHHS stuff. We don't charge the state anything or vice versa. So that. Those people we have to raise money for. And then we try to carry two kids who may be from a local family that can't necessarily afford the full price of the trip. So they would be sort of in the middle, half payers or whatever. And then there's uh, we like to carry, for obvious reasons, a certain number of kids who can pay the whole price, be they grandparents who are summer people here or whatever. And, uh, and that kind of helps... Subsidize the kids that we have to go raise money for, so we can only give money to kids that are from the state of Maine. We don't take well freebies are, we don't we can't take kids who from out of state unless the, an out of state operation wants to raise the money and send a group of kids. We could do that, but for the most part, the money that we raise here uh, is spent here in the state of Maine uh, for Maine kids. They are subsidized by these kids from out-of-state, and we get kids from all over the place. We've got kids from Massachusetts and Texas and other places that have been with us a number of years now. They love it.
3: But now, these kids, they they have not uh, spent their lives dreaming or even uh, ever even imagined probably a big wooden uh, sloop like Vila. Uh, what do they find when they get there?
4: Well, I think the most important thing they find is that uh, there are no advantages to any single group or kid on the boat. We don't carry more than two kids who know each other. We won't take three who know each other. Um, Uh. Like I say, we try to keep a diversity of backgrounds, ages, and financial stuff. I don't care how much sailing you've done, what kind of racer you are, how many yacht clubs you belong to. It doesn't really do you any good on Vela because she's altogether different than all the other boats that you might have been on. So Vela becomes a great, Um, equalizer there's nobody on board who can get away with not washing the dishes or can get away without doing their duties all the kids have duties uh, throughout the week so it puts six kids on an equal footing in a really strange environment and i think that the value of that is hard hard to calculate they they have to deal with each other they have to do their jobs they have to understand that they 're living in a small place, and the parallels between that and our planet are just endless. It goes on and on and on so there's so many wonderful lessons that can be sort of subliminally <laughs> stuffed into them that it's uh, it's just a lot of fun for me
0: nice well had yeah. H- you um doing what you described now you you uh you've turned or maybe not turned around, but it certainly have uh, benefited a lot of uh kids over the years and i i applaud you for that
4: well thank you yeah i mean i don't know we do you never really know i mean this isn't the kind of thing that you're in for instant gratification the kids come aboard and you can see some situations and i can have real problems describing them without getting quite emotional but you can see some situations where kids come aboard and they're sort of lost or whatever and they go away as part of a Cohesive group of kids. So, if nothing else, they found a friendship, and perhaps a friendship with somebody who may not be from the same sort of place they were from. Um, so, I think it's important. It kind of brings everybody together to and, and share common beliefs. So one, I had one girl from Arista County aboard, and. She was a little overweight and stuff, but she really neat kid, but shy and introverted and all that sort of thing. They had another girl from down in our Freeport area who was just the opposite, and uh, she had brought an instrument with her, and they started singing together, and the girl from Arista County had the most phenomenal voice. It's just incredible. And I told her when she left, I said, you don't do anything for me. Go home and start singing with whatever groups you can get into, because she really did have a the talent there. And so little things like that can can is what it's all about for me, recognizing you know what kids might have as a talent or <laughs> or the other side of it or whatever anyway it's 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 a fascinating thing and i I really enjoy it so I had one kid who came with me he's actually from Orlando, and uh he lives he lives just about a quarter of a mile from where you guys are right now, but uh he went is made mate for me a couple of times after being a student. And then he, I told him, just really neat guy. I said, if you're, he was talking about kayaks and getting into a boat or whatever. And I said, well, give me a call if you're, you know, if you find a boat you want to build or, and we'll, uh, I'll see what I can do to help you do it. So he spent the last year and a half in my garage building a wonderful little fiddlehead double paddle canoe, one of uh, Harry Bryant's boats. And we just had a blast. I just had more fun than a barrel of monkeys building this boat with this kid. Hmm. Yeah, you got it all over Facebook and paddles it everywhere. So, you know, there's stuff like that that adds up after a while. It's kind
3: of funny. Abla Hawkins and uh, the Sloop Vila. Uh, Pam Scott from Winwood Passage tells me there's still a few berths available this summer.
4: Yeah, I guess so. I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I got my own set of worries. But uh, yeah. we we have some other, Pam, Buzzmasters masters in Deer Isle, she works a lot with the booking part of it, too. She called me up yesterday. And, yeah i think we're doing pretty good we she was talking about having the first two weeks pretty well filled up i believe and then later on in the year they they sort of fill in as things go on but we're as far as i know we're we're approaching that place where we're we we're sort of full i think we're actually doing nine weeks this year we started out with three six or seven years ago or three or four and then went to six and then eight and then two with eight and so i think i pretty sure we're up to maybe nine weeks this year and uh that's a long season <laughs> but i also do two weeks with wooden boat magazine at the end of it doing some grown-up stuff
3: but, yeah uh, uh dot org, and right. uh pam's phone number is three two six zero six zero six. that's right for yep. uh book and on uh again uh the sloop villa windward passage uh Captain Havil Hawkins now. Havil, what's on your what's on your to-do list today? <laughs>
4: just for, just so for it example. So it's to be raining. And I get, so I came up in the shop and I got a couple of skiffs to fit out and some, some of my deck furniture ashore. But if it was going to stop raining, I'd go out. If it was not going to rain, I'd go out and finish the top size. But I'll be in, I guess I'll be in the shop this afternoon. That's how I got started, and tomorrow's going to be good, so I'll stay here. But You know, there was a thing that somebody earlier said about lobster buoys and stuff on the islands and all that yeah, because it was main trails you we were talking trash to. right yeah and that's one of the, i don't want to say my pet peeves because i don't want to make enemies out of anybody but the gear the lobster gear that comes ashore is just everywhere and uh you know the outer islands like frenchboro and the outside of most of these big islands it just you cannot get away from the floating line and gear and traps and stuff so one of the things that we do. It's a real small thing, and I don't know whether it's legal or not, but I'll quite often I'll find a buoy or two on some island out here. And I said, wait, I recognize those colors. Those colors are such and such, and he puts his gear over there or whatever. So I have been known to pick up two or three buoys and write down the vessel's name and date and where I found his buoy and tie it back on his gear. So I've sailed away with three or four you know, traps on uh, one pot, three or four pots on one buoy, and I'm sure they're a little bit confounded as to how that happens. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think they say there's uh, 3 million registered lobster buoys in the state of Maine. Oh, yeah. Maybe not all in the water at the same time, but sometimes you'll get in a piece of water you think they all are, you know. Uh, yeah. So anyway, a lot of gear, and it's surprising again how much of it gets free. It's a very yeah. valuable, uh, yeah, it's crazy know, uh, rigged stuff. up traps, basically a hundred dollar bill. When you, I believe, when you look at it, it's
0: a little pet peeve of mine that don't allow wooden uh, buoys anymore. I mean,
4: well, and traps, wooden traps. I mean, we've we've come a long way from efficiency and all that sort of stuff. A wooden trap in the water, the worms got it after a while.
0: Yeah, uh, know, so
4: it, it was we've gone the buoys. a fairly benign fishery as far as the gear and whatnot to something which is not benign at all uh as far as the amount of gear and how long it lasts and where it sits and how it washes ashore there's nothing particularly romantic about a stove up wire trap on the off side of you know french pro somewhere it's just yeah. it's uh it, it's rusty and i don't know i don't know how you get them back if it was a lobster gear it would all eventually go away but this stuff's not going away and it's starting to add up
3: pretty and, hard. uh Another cool thing we learned about uh, lobster traps on Boat Talk here is uh, Google lobster trap video. The University of Maine put a camera in a lobster trap, uh, baited it, threw it in, and watched what happens because you don't really get to see that. And apparently lobsters attack a trap, and they fight to get in and eat the bait, and they come and go. Yep. Uh, pretty much at will. And, and as somebody says, you call that a trap, but it's a uh, balanced fishery that works and, and sustains itself, and maybe we would want to build a better one anyway. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I look at as feeding stations. Well, pretty much. Yeah,
4: yeah. Again, I I've got a lot of respect for fishermen. I really do. I have a lot of respect for fishermen, but there are some of them, uh, some some pet peeves. One of the things that I see most often offshore here or in on this beach is that, and I spend a lot of time on beaches. It's part of Windward Passage. We we go sailing. We sail every day, but we spend as much time hiking around these islands nice. as we do sailing. Nice. And I just, one of the reasons I like doing it with kids is I get to do that. And the number of Clorox bottles that are out there is just out of control. And it would be a very simple matter for whoever's using that bottle to bring it home. And they are number two. They are recyclable. Uh, but they are all over these beaches. And I can only have just so many balers before I, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But I don't know how many hundred Clorox bottles I could have in the course of the summer. That's and it's amazing. A little yeah. a little discouraging for me I, you know again i've got a tremendous amount of respect for fishermen and loggers and anybody who makes a living in the in the nature but we all are i'm, I'm making a living on this coast just the same as they are well <laughs> i can't say it's not making the money they are but you know you know what i'm trying to say we're all out here using this piece of coast and we have to treat it with respect which is what i the basically what I'm trying to get across to the kids that are on the
3: boat, we have to treat each other and our environment with respect, or it's not going to work. What will the anthropologists think when they go through our trash and try to figure <laughs> out what you know what happened?
4: Yeah, my dad used to take great delight in throwing a busted toilet overboard and saying, "I yeah, us figure that out in a couple million years," because <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that anymore. But they were uh-huh. and they were porcelain, so we, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But I mean, uh-huh. yeah, you're right. they are they going to think? They yeah. start digging it all up.
3: Uh, have a Hawkins anyway. Good talk good. to you this morning, Hattie, and, yep. and uh, you get back at it. We're running into the end of boat talk here this morning.
4: Appreciate
0: it. Thanks yep. for
3: calling, guys. Bye. All right, and again, dot com and
0: dot uh, org I believe
3: dot uh, org. That's that's right. Windward dot org and uh, uh, again, Pam
0: Scott three two six zero six zero six. So so one more reminder for the boat talk cruise. It's going to be a Saturday evening, starting at five thirty. The boat will uh, be leaving actually at six. But we're going to start boarding at five thirty. Northeast Harbor Town Dock. Saturday after next. Saturday after next. Right. First day of summer. Yep. Yeah. So uh, if you're three hour
3: cruise, the sunset cruise. It's it's and again, nobody has ever had a bad time on the boat talk cruise. There have been people who have been suspicious, uh, worried about motion, but nobody's ever been uh, troubled no. by the motion of that boat. No, not at all. And, uh, again, it's a great smorgasbord, and usually some pretty decent people besides us, so, you know. Yep,
0: and good food, too. I always look forward to some deep some things that people bring.
3: Yeah, and, again, give us a call here. Uh, it's about two weeks out, but you want to call fairly quick. The boat does fill up always. It is. And uh, give Chris a call, make a reservation. Uh, Four six nine sixty six hundred is the uh, phone line here at the community radio station. It's a fundraiser in support of uh, community radio in general, and just a a good celebration, a fun we can have uh, being the boat talk fellas and having friends with boats and stuff. You know, anything
0: for a boat ride. Yeah,
3: exactly right.
0: Well, thanks to uh, Amy in the engine room for engineering today. And it's about time for us to make room for Rich Hillsinger. Coming up next with On the Wing here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill 89.9, 99.9 in Bangor, and around this whole ocean-filled world at WERU.org. I Support for WERU comes from Gamble and Hunter Sailmakers, making sales
2: for
5: classic boats, cruising boats, and...